Welcome into the Waiver Fire podcast. Nick and JP, end of January, and we got we got some sexy football games this weekend, man. We're definitely going to talk AFC NFC championship. Oh, did my mic just die? Am I with you still? Yeah. <laughs> okay. What a, what an intro here. You're here. All right. We're here, man. And that was crazy. We'll definitely get to that. First off, of course, JP, how's it going? It's going good. Um, what a what a weekend of football. It's getting progressively less and less football as the weekends go on. Damn it. We, in fact, don't even have football next week, JP. Do you realize that? Next Sunday, there's not a lick of football. Unless it's – is it the Pro Bowl? Do they actually have the Pro Bowl? I never even – I never even know really what the Pro Bowl is, but I, I know it exists. Uh, yes, the Pro Bowl is next Sunday. So if you really are desperate for some football, there you go. There you go. Oh, but first, JP, I do want to give a shout-out. Australian Open tennis was this past couple weeks. Rafael Nadal, big ups, man, 35 years old, beats Daniel Medvedev, the, the heavy favorite going in, in five insane sets. Nadal was down two sets to love. He's 35 years old. He could have easily rolled over and, and played dead. He fought back in one sets, three, four, and five. He had not won the Australian Open since 2009. 13, wow. 13 years ago, he won his other one. And now he's, he had been to the finals four times since then and lost all four after all that heartbreak. You know, it is a little, it is a little cheapened because Djokovic was not in the tournament, but still what an amazing accomplishment. Nadal, just if this happens to be, you know, he's had so many injuries. If this happens to be the last, it was a spectacular one. Love to see it. And mm, let's move on to football, man. Kansas City Chiefs got bounced, brother. Holy. That was was insane. Bengals, what is this run you are going on, man? Travel to the Raiders. Travel, uh, yeah, travel to the Raiders. No, or host. I can't remember. I don't know. Travel to Tennessee, travel to Kansas City, and now you're in. Now you're in the Super Bowl. Wow, amazing stuff, man! I I have to be honest, JP. I cannot front. I did. I did not actually watch the entirety of this game. I was at. Uh, I was at my daughter's little horseback riding competition, but I was oh. keeping up with it the entire way. Bro, the Bengals were plus two seventy odds here, almost three to one to win this game outright and and Kansas City scored a touchdown on the first three drives 21 to 3 they were crushing mm-hmm. oh my god did you did you watch most of this game man what what was the feeling like dude it was insane i've only seen like forever and ever and ever and ever of highlights okay on gotcha. on on the on uh nfl network and yep. they do they do pretty much every part of the game yeah so i've seen i've seen the the plays i mean i don't know who this defensive coordinator is but to 
to just get straight up shellacked and then to come out in the second half and, and put on one of the most impressive shutdowns almost maybe ever, dude. Their second half, Kansas City, punt, punt, pick, punt, punt, game-tying field goal after really maybe you know getting inside the 10 zone and then getting two sacks in the 10 zone to force a field goal and then overtime pick. That is just incredible on the road in that atmosphere in your defense, which has been just laughed at does that one of, one of the best like miracle defensive performances I feel like in, in so long, I mean, harkens back almost to like when, when the giants beat the Patriots, you know, they were huge underdogs and the defense is what stepped up and shut Tom Brady down right there, man, four punts, two picks, just one field goal in a second half and overtime. JP, we talked we talked about overtime being cheap, man. And bro, the coin flip did not decide the game. That's true. It's, Finally. It's it's not it's not 100%. <laughs> Oh man, this this definitely this game. If there was any movement towards changing the overtime, this game has shut that down for the next like five years. They'll always be like, "Well, you just gotta make an interception, and then and then you basically win with a field goal." Oh lordy, crazy crazy game. Um, and even to keep it close, JP, like uh, the Bengals really weren't doing shit until Samaje P. Ryan of all players hits a 41-yard reception titty to cap off the first half just to keep it in striking distance. What a wild, um, you know, clawing your way to victory game, dude. Completely hats off to the Bengals. I like the Bengals. I'm, I think I think America's stoked about this, right? Like, I, I don't know what it's going to do to to the Super Bowl, Super Bowl viewership, but I hope it goes up, man. I mean, oh, this yeah. is everybody, awesome. Everybody loves it, I think. Oh, for sure, man. And to see – to see Travis Kelsey and, and Hill and Patrick was just like mopily walking towards the, the 50 yard line to shake hands. It was awesome. I absolutely yeah. loved it. For and, ja- sure. and Jackson Mahomes and Brittany Mahomes. And yes. All those fucking assholes. <laughs> yes, man. Yes. I know the, the Twitter had, had lit her up and, you know, deservedly. So that's fantastic stuff right there. Oh man, what more to say, honestly, like the Bengals, you know, they really, I guess T Higgins really stepped up. He's, he's really a bright future and, you know, Higgins, uh, you know, you have to say it's unfortunate CJ Uzoma almost, I think it was almost on the first play of the game got knocked out of the game, which is, that's definitely not where you want to be. You know, he was, thankfully he was celebrating with the team afterwards. So he, I haven't actually even peaked at an update, but that was a bummer. Um, I hope he gets back to the Super Bowl because he's such an, you know, he's a leader for sure. And, and uh, that was a bummer. But Higgins and Chase, that's going to be a tandem to come. Like, that's going to be a sick-ass one-two punch there. Um, Joe Mixon was okay. Like, he kind of kept him, kept him moving somewhat, but it definitely wasn't his game. Yeah, man, what more to say? Like, I, you know, I don't think it changes any opinions on the Chiefs going into next year. It's just – Better team came out and shut it down. Like Mahomes was not a warrior in the second half. It is what it is. Everybody has bad games, but man, what a time to come right there. Uh, 
exhausting, honestly. I'm kind of glad that I didn't. I can't even imagine being a Bengals fan, dude. It would imagine being like one of the 10 Bengals fans in that stadium. That would have just been, you know, you're getting the biggest glares in, uh, you know, you're kind of scared for your life a little bit, but dude, what a feeling to have that victory right there. At the same time, as much as it's a Cinderella story, I'm kind of, you know, pulling for the the other team that we're about to talk about in the Super Bowl, but I, I, really 50 50. I'm super soaked about both teams getting the Super Bowl. It should be fun either way. Yeah. But, I can't uh, yeah, it's, it's really 50 50. Um, well, I definitely, there, you know, there's really not as much to talk about the 49ers Rams. It kind of, kind of went to script a little bit, but any, any final thoughts on the, the miracle in Kansas City here? What was that? Any final thoughts on the the miracle in Kansas City? With no, no, that was just that was great, Joe Burrow. It really was. Can't say enough about him. Yeah, just one of the yeah, incredible pick for sure. Um, so 49ers, man, you know I do feel for them. I I did like them a lot, and they got up seventeen to uh seventeen to ten or seventeen maybe seventeen to three I think maybe they got up seventeen to three in this game you know they were they were doing well but just not enough against Cooper Cup good Cooper. God, I mean I don't know if we've ever seen such a streak like this every game mm. he is the entirety of the I mean Odell Beckham had a very good game as well but. 11, 142, and motorboated, JP. I mean. Agent Cooper. Good. Oh, I like that. I like that. Put up both of their touchdowns. Absolutely won this game for them. It's unbelievable how every team knows this, and they just, it's unstoppable. Wow. You got to give your hats off. I mean, I'm sure he's just going to devastate the Bengals. Um a hundred yards is the expectation. If he doesn't get a hundred, it's, it's an extreme disappointment out of Cooper cup these days, but they snuck it by, man. It was only 20 to 17, very close game as we thought it probably was going to be 49ers beating the Rams in the regular season twice. So great stuff on both sides. Um, You know, I think really the difference was the 49ers who are trying to establish the run. 50 rushing yards total. Eliza Mitchell, 11 carries, 20 yards. Ooh, Eliza Mitchell, what happened? That Rams front is good, but it's not really a run-blocking team. 11 for 20. Eliza Mitchell, you may have you may have lost your job, like legit. It's going to be – I mean, it was always going to be a committee next year, but I'm not even sure if he kind of emerges as the favorite anymore. That is a really – disappointing game man are you talking um, about with raheem mostert yeah i don't know i think maybe mostert may retire i, I don't know <laughs> dude that dude deserves a beach and a mai tai pretty quick but um yeah it's something to watch i mean it's nice that debo secured himself after coming back from the injury he, he's just such a beast and again it's all going to depend on the quarterback but debo has established himself as like i don't know what would you say top top 10 NFL receiver maybe for, for Debo close. It's close. It's up there. He's He's a, a, yeah, I think so. And I, and I don't mean just fantasy, just skill wise. He he is electric and and incredible. So, so uh, 
Bengals, Rams. I don't actually even know where the where is the Super Bowl. It's coming in two weeks here. And I think the signs the signs for Debo were were there, you know. Uh the signs? Just like, yeah, I mean, like we draft knew, season? No, like for his breakout, like like you knew that he would how good he was from the time oh, oh, sure. he was healthy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you see those players that are that are incredibly electric when healthy. I'm thinking about Mike Williams, who who did have some very good games for sure, and maybe still will break out. But you do see these flashes of beast athletes, and you know it doesn't always come to fruition. But but you're right. There were there were some signs. Wow, if I'm looking at this right, Super Bowl is in Los Angeles. Jeez, that's that's kind of harsh. I mean, I'm sure the Super Bowl is never really like, you know, it's never really a hometown thing anyways. Like the people who show up are just rich assholes for the most part is what it feels like. But to get to play, I don't know if it's, is it their home stadium right here? I mean, if you, if they get to play in the Ram Stadium, that is, that is incredible. So what stadium it, is that? Is that SoFi? Well, it says they're playing, and it is. It's the home of the Rams. Wow. So the Rams get to play in their home stadium for the Super Bowl. You can't you can't ask for much more than that. But but I don't know, man. I, There's I guess, a lot of rich assholes that are their fans. <laughs> that's dude, you you nailed it, man. You're right. It's the one, it's the one fan base that's like the assholes can't afford. That's like, yeah, let's let's go to Sunday's game. Oh, which one is it? it's just the soup, it's the Super Bowl, you know. It's it's okay. It's just just 5k for the yeah, just, just a little what, what's in my wallet oh 10k all right you take half go go buy a couple go buy a did you see, see the did you see that unc duke game where the no. the the cheapest seats were um like 4k oh my god that is that is astounding mm. that is disgusting in some ways even, but, um, even auburn um we we had the our cheap seats were like four hundred for, yeah. for our crazy game. We've got a good game tomorrow. We're playing against Alabama. Yep, Alabama. We got the we got the Iron Basketball Bowl game tomorrow. It should be exciting hosting them. You know they've kind of fallen apart a little bit, but it's still it's still always dangerous. But really hoping I'm definitely going to watch that. I mean I can't imagine the atmosphere in that stadium is going to be electric. But uh, yeah, we have gotten a little priced out, man. It's it's tough to uh to be kind of you know middle lower middle class and try to go to any sort of sports events man it sounds like it feels like you're really just straight up breaking the bank to go to any of these things you've got to be almost like you got to be hip to something you know like you've got to go to like auburn baseball or something where you've got to you gotta you're getting priced out of the the more commercial aspects unfortunately but um anyways the 40 uh, i'm sorry the Bengals will travel to los angeles to play the rams in two weeks I, I just can't count the Bengals out anymore, JP. I am exhausted. I think America is exhausted for counting the Bengals out. Um, you know, I, I do think that the Rams will win, but I am certainly not saying that it's a lock at all. They have just overcome every obstacle. It's it's fascinating to watch. It's it's amazing. It's one of the best Super Bowls in recent memory that I can think of for sure. Whew. Well, that was great for sure. I mean, this is a football show, but. I, I have loved so far going through these Martin Scorsese films with you, man. It has been a blast. Are you ready to, to get into some film? 
Yeah, let's let's find out who doesn't live here any, <laughs> anymore. Well, uh, spoiler alert, if you care about those things, we are going to be talking pretty in detail with some spoilers, I guess, uh, about Scorsese's fourth film, uh, which debuted in 1974. Alice doesn't live here anymore. Coming off of Mean Streets just the year prior uh, to some pretty critical acclaim, good box office success, and then comes with this huge change of pace film, man, uh, where we have a, a young mother of, I don't know, 11, 12-year-old boy and widowed actually in the movie, and then basically she has to kind of figure it out. Uh, what did you think about this film, JP? I thought it was a really good movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the the main character. Yeah, she. I can see why she won an award for for playing that character. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we all we had talked about how how uh, Martin does women. You know, like how right. he he he. And I really thought that he was gonna gonna write like this really or i mean i know he didn't write it but i i I knew i thought he was gonna paint this picture of this really like strong woman or Mm -hmm. something like that Mm -hmm. but in the end she ended up going with a guy that just had the same sort of um red flags as as any of the other guys before it seemed like and yeah yeah chris and, uh chris christopherson who i i know as an actor and a, and a musician not really well but yeah yeah give me some of the give me some of the red flags man um i mean it's just like the way that they uh that he interacted with the kid yeah kind of slaps him around a little bit yeah he he doesn't like his music and it seems like nobody likes the kids music. He likes rock and roll. Dude, he's straight up. He's straight up is laying on the ground and puts two big speakers next to each ear. That was yeah. badass. The kid is an awesome character. The kid is great. Love him. Amazing character. The amount of independence and adventure he shows is something that I, I would have just been so scared of as a 12 year old man. Like I, I was so coddled and, you know, uh, you know, babied and housebred that when he just dips out and, and the things he says and the, what he does, it's it's very cool to watch. I mean, obviously, sometimes he is annoying for sure. You feel the annoyingness to the mom. And as a dad, I feel the burden. But what a cool character for sure. What a good casting. I thought he did a great job. Yeah, he's a great actor. The kid. Yep. Um. Uh, you know, the, the way that the first time he meets he meets her he 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 like he's like telling her to smile a bunch of times yeah big smile you're right he he definitely uh, i mean that's a tough situation you know you're going into a diner where you're like being served and it's it's almost like a servant master mentality from the get-go and now you're gonna like heighten that with some of the things you say like smile for me baby and I don't know. Look at the, like, if she needs to smile, look at the other person. That that other girl was going crazy. (laughs) 
Dude, one of my favorite lines was when it's her first day in that diner and the, the other waitress says like, this is Alice, this is her first day. Now we can all see she's got big tits, but yeah. but I don't want to say, I don't want to see any grabbing. You can grab my ass if you need to. Oh man, what a line right there. And and I was watching with Tianji actually, and she was like, what? what? And I was like, dude, you, I, I, think that that's realistic man i feel like if you uh you know early 70s went to a country diner that i wouldn't be surprised with somebody talking like that but it was so different than how people talk these days it just blew my mind now we can all see she's got real big tits right here yeah i love that (laughs) absolutely ridiculous for sure yeah he does he definitely shows a lot of the red signs i I, you know i have to say before you saying that i i was a fan of their relationship you know to be honest i I hate to say this the first time i watched it i honestly thought that they had gone to monterey at the end um and i was just trying to piece together the dialogue and i was like oh okay no wait they are they have stayed here um she's kind of you know, not giving up her ambitions, but you can kind of maybe see, you know, two weeks down the road that she's kind of said like, oh, well, the singing's not working out here. You know, we'll just live on the, you know, do you, do you get that sense that maybe she just kind of packs it in a little bit at the end? Seems like it. Yeah. Which is, which is a bummer because this character, you know, obviously it's very hard being a single mother on the road, no money, no connections, but she, she shows just great ranges of emotion, you know, the tenderness with the child, with uh, the water scene in the hotel, you know, and the protection, you know, when she tries to protect him from, from Chris Christopherson about the beating and stuff. I mean, just an amazing range of emotions. And while I don't necessarily think that there was like this one moment for her as an actress where it was just like, oh my, that was, that was amazing acting. The fact that she was in basically every minute of this film and and carried it is is incredible. So I, I totally agree with you. She was very, very strong coming off of The Exorcist, which I still need to watch. That is just such an amazing change of pace for everybody that, uh, yeah, hats off to her for sure. What uh, what are some of the other things that that uh, you what, what did you think about Harvey Keitel? He was good. I mean, <laughs> the the men that you see in this movie are all just, I want to say, like, slimy. Yeah. Maybe um, maybe not uh, the diner owner, the restaurant cook. He's not too bad. Yeah, he seemed like he just kind of didn't take no shit. Yeah, but he kind of took it at the end. I mean, when they were in their little uh, outhouse or whatever, and the waitress says, like, just just shut up and get back out there. He kind of uh, bites his lip and gets out. So he's he, he's a I don't know. He, he seemed like a source of comfort for them, even if he did kind of push him a little bit. But you're right. Most of these guys are pretty gnarly characters, man. For like sure. you, and you can kind of it's they're They're so creepy. Like you can see it in their oh, eyes from the yes. beginning. Mm-hmm. I feel like, yeah, like he he's like uh, he's like I'm lonely. I'm lonely. It's like one of the first things he says to her. <laughs> it like, is. 
it is. Yeah, all the guys are definitely uh, at the same time. I was about to say all of the guys are really only looking for themselves in their relationship, whatever they can get out of it. But, you know, at the end, when Chris is in the diner and says, like, well, what do you want? You know, I, and there's I think there's an attempt at trying to satisfy her. Think of her needs. Think of her desires. But maybe it's superficial. It's hard to say, but. Man, Harvey Keitel trying his best to hide his New York accent. I don't think he really hit it entirely, but uh, kind of came across as a decent uh, man. The the scene where it may, maybe I'm a sucker for flash and bang, but man, when he breaks down that window and threatens his wife with a knife, I mean that scene was powerful, dude. Yeah, for sure. If, uh, that whole ordeal with the wife was ridiculous it was ridiculous and to think about the the 12 year old kid like kind of hiding in the corner from this guy like that just adds to the the fear and the discomfort it was and to be honest jp i i thought for sure that harvey Keitel was gonna like chase her down i was scared for the next like 30 minutes that this that right. harvey was gonna pop up and do some crazy shit i don't know but thank god he didn't but after a while i was thinking i was thinking so too yeah i mean really that i guess that's a huge spoiler alert but man re-watching it would it would calm my nerves for the you know for that hour or so afterwards that you know he's not going to show up it's all good because damn dude the way the way he says it he'll chase her down i believed it man i thought it was going to be like a horror show because dude what that introduction scene, the opening scene of Alice as a young child. Yeah, in, that red, that red tent is. What is that? It's like spooky and like ethereal or something. It was so spooky. And then at the very end when she's like, if you don't know now, 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 now. That was, that was an artistic move there. I was like, for real, I was like, oh, this is a straight up horror flick. And then we get that character and I'm like, oh, we're going to get like a gutting at the end. You know, like we're going to get some sort of serial kill right here. How did that intro line up with anything about the movie except for that she has a bit of a mouth on her? I didn't understand that at all. Yeah. Very confusing for sure. Like, you know, this movie I saw on Wikipedia does have a, um, Scorsese commentary I would actually be thrilled to hear that and to hear how he talks about scenes um you know what he thought of certain lines of dialogue and whatnot because I've he's never the, he's okay. he's he's the type of guy that would do something like that oh for sure yeah I mean I have never actually I've heard a lot of interviews I've never actually heard a commentary of his own films before so i am probably going to go back and rewatch uh, if i can find it i know it was on the dvd cut i don't know if i can find it um but i hope so because man it would be it would be so insightful i was just lost at that opening and i even went back to rewatch it after the film and i was like Dude, i still don't know what the fuck that is that is that is a weird opening for sure um other things, man. Any other uh, any other favorite parts or, or parts you didn't you weren't really a, a fan of? There really wasn't any part that I wasn't a fan of. Mm -hmm. um, it was it was great. I loved Alice. I loved the sun. I loved the music. Mm. 
I love the driving scenes when he's being annoying and they're Those were just, solid. Everything is just really everything flows really well. There were some really uh you know, besides the big tits line, there were a couple other lines that were, in my opinion, just straight up. I don't know. They're just so unlike what people talk like these days that they were really funny. Like when she's trying to get a, a job at one of the bars and the owner's like really, uh, you know, gawking at her. She says like, well, look at my face. I sing with my mouth, not my ass. She's like, turn it around. And she was like, I don't want to turn it around. I sing with my mouth, not my ass. I was, yeah. I was cracking so hard, man. It was just, she had a couple of those one twos. The kid had had a couple great ones, man. And some of the dialogue, honestly, all of the dialogue felt sharp and good, but some of it really was was either hilarious or or depressing. I just thought it was a wonderful script, and and really, yeah, I don't it, think it was mm-hmm. shot really well too. It was shot well for sure. I mean, it's hard to make that. I, I know, you know, looking at Wikipedia. Uh, at the time, a few people thought that it was really bland and boring. I didn't think so, man. I mean, I could understand why some people would be bored by the content a little bit, but I thought the way it was shot, the pacing, a lot of the um, interesting uh, lighting decisions, you know, I thought it was really strong, man. It was constantly engaging to me. So I agree. I think it was great. And this this feels like, like I said, he only did this one year after um mean streets and i saw on wikipedia i don't know if you saw this when let's see the actress's name for alice is ellen burston apparently she kind of uh found the script through her what would you call agent and then the studio which i think was warner brothers asked her specifically who she thought would be a good director she calls up francis ford coppola who I, I guess I, maybe I'm mythologizing people at this point, but you know, this is after Coppola had just gotten the conversation out, uh, had just put out Godfather part two. That's, just mean, two. that's probably his two best movies. Those are insanely good. Those are, I mean, I would, ooh, conversation is close to Godfather one for me, but it, they're, they're both very unbelievable masterpieces i get you know in my conversation has gene hackman right gene hackman at his oh my god gene hackman doesn't say yes to many things gene hackman straight up slays that part that that movie is so intimate and and, it really grips you by the heart anyways you know i i'm a little shocked honestly that I don't even I did not know who Ellen Burstyn was until this film. And I saw that, you know, she was the mom on The Exorcist. I even looked on Wikipedia and it looked like she had done, you know, some roles in some films. Nothing. It didn't seem to me as of note that she's somehow on terms with just calling Coppola up and having a chat about directors. Maybe it's a different time, different place or something that amazes me. And Coppola was a different time. It could easily have been, but I think she was. I think I think she was uh, probably instantly a celebrity after the the Exorcist. I could see that. That that makes sense. And and Coppola was like, "Hey, go check out Mean Streets." Mean Streets wasn't even in theaters, meaning that Coppola somehow got like, unless it was just entirely word of mouth, he like got some sort of early screening of it, which I had not heard about. And then Ellen Burstyn actually set up a early screening as well to Mean Streets. She loved it. She loved how gritty it was and 
so I guess just some of the decisions and and basically pitched Scorsese to Warner Brothers and she said it was a match made in heaven she said it was an incredible time on set which I imagine it had to be and that story just kind of blows my mind a little bit that somehow Francis Ford Coppola at you know the height of his the pinnacle is is handling these kind of connections and arrangements to this film it it really was a, a wondrous thing to read at the time and although although I like Mean Streets better than this movie, yes, I, I think he did a better job of doing what he's supposed to be doing as a director on this movie. Oh yes, like, I I think he he's he's getting better every time, and this one is better. Like this, like maybe it's just the equipment and stuff that that they were using to shoot it and mm-hmm. or, or whatever. But the version I had of this was just beautifully shot like like it was you know i had the hd version and Mm -hmm. it looked really really good oh yeah very solid and even on top of that you know it's always hard to tell like how good of an actor or actress was like going into the movie or how much was kind of directed out of the director how much coaching or ideas uh came from the director themselves but i just thought the acting all around here was was excellent even the small characters like some of her friends back home you you just see for like a minute or two i just thought it was all really good and it just kind of resonated as a director who who really knew how to get things done probably shot the scenes you know decently well the first time and you know only a year turnaround really really solid stuff i totally agree better movie in mean streets but it, it seems like better chops here to take a script that a good script but certainly not the flash that, um, you know, totally different genre, but uh, yeah, really well done. Um, you know, as much as I, I'm definitely more interested in, in watching things of Chris Christopherson. I know that he was more of a famous musician, I feel like, but I thought he did a good job. I mean, I, I know he had his, his negative, um, morals i guess you could say or treatment of alice in the in the kid but thought he did a great job um jody foster jody foster as as a young as a young child maybe 13 14 who i thought was a boy at first and then after a few scenes i was like wait a second that i that looks and i i think i had seen something I was like oh that is jody foster she was a pretty cool character man yeah she was she kept saying everything's weird so weird the schools around here weird <laughs> maybe maybe not but to be i you know i think that's how kids talk man if they have a phrase that that's that's their catchphrase for sure but she had some cool scenes man and you know the prostitute mom picking her up from the the jail did you got did you notice i think it was a jail the i only noticed it really on the second watch through the workers at the jail, who I don't know if they're cops or not, were wearing like Hawaiian shirts and stuff. I mean, talk about a different time, man. Early 70s. Oh, wish I had been there. That was so much fun. But uh, yeah, Jody, Jody Foster does does a good job. Um, you know, I'm, I'm honestly kind of, well, I was going to say I'm glad that at the end, the Alice and the kids stay because, you know, he has a good friend. That kid is not a very good influence, but eh, kids will be kids. Um, yeah, man, I, I guess I really don't have much, much else. I, I really liked it. I thought, um, you know, I thought Alice was, was very strong for the most part. And, 
it's kind of a bit of a bummer that she kind of collapsed her dreams a little bit, but I don't know. I have the optimism that, that she and Chris had a, had a good relationship moving forward. We'll, we'll never know for sure. That ranch, you want to talk about this movie is beautiful, dude. When it cuts away from like the diner to that first shot of that ranch, like out in the Arizona mountains or whatever, unbelievable, just rich with the vegetables and then the, the mountains in the background and the horses, that was a wonderful scene for sure. Anyways, it did look nice. Yeah, it really did. And then you compare it to the scenes where they're like inside his kind of shack house uh, having, what was it? It was the kid's birthday, I think. And the lighting was all kind of blotched out from the, the windows. It was, it was a great contrast, but uh, yeah, honestly, you know, I feel like not much to be said, just props to everybody on a well-made and enjoyable film. Nothing, nothing so intensely confusing except for that opening scene which i'll never understand apparently wikipedia also said that and i was looking for it the whole time jp i was waiting to see where martin was going to show up as a cameo i did not catch it apparently he was a diner uh somewhere you know he was a, a customer somewhere in the diner at some point i don't think that i'm probably going to go back to watch for that but uh damn it i kept my eye out the whole time for it did not see him you didn't see him did you didn't see him. Yeah, I was waiting for him or his mom. Didn't happen. Um, any last thoughts on the film? Nope. Yeah, good, it was solid. Good, good vibes. We do have the first, I, I, I guess, you know, Mean Streets maybe goes down in history, but Taxi Driver. I've seen it a few times. I'm guessing you've seen it. Yeah, I've seen it many times. Worth a, worth a rewatch or skip? Um, we can talk about it. We can certainly we talk about it. We don't have to rewatch it. I don't need to rewatch it to talk about Taxi Driver. Should we just go through it uh, next week, or should we also should we also do his next film? No, we should do the next movie, and and next week we we can just do a little preface where we'll just be mm. like, because I I do think that Taxi Driver more so than Raging Bull or king of comedy or anything like that like mm. I, I i think people have seen that like everybody yeah. knows about the famous line from it and it makes to the top of the everyone's best films of all time right lists and stuff like that it, mm. it really might be his most critically acclaimed um film i mean yes. i guess maybe gangs of new york has the most awards but mm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think the only thing that I probably would have been interested in on rewatch is maybe, maybe Harvey Keitel's uh, role as the pimp. I mean, I, I know that I, I can picture him very vividly and I know he doesn't have many minutes for sure, but I know he's there and it would have been, it would have been kind of cool to see him continue his um, progress with, uh, with Scorsese. But um, yeah, I don't think there's much to get out. Oh, Oh, we forgot to say JP uh scorsese was on literally on fire with having tits in his film no tits in alice right well if it wasn't meant to be it wasn't meant to be <laughs> we hear about the tits we don't see the tits we definitely get tit in uh, well i was about to say we definitely get tit in taxi driver we have to get tit in taxi driver i, I have to imagine either at the brothel at the end 
potentially in the porn movie that he takes her to. There's got to be tits somewhere in there. Anyways, mm. anyways, unbelievable film for sure. We'll, we'll certainly talk about it. I'm, I might be a sucker to, to rewatch uh, maybe quickly. And that, that came out in two years later. And then I've never heard of this movie. So he's coming off of Taxi Driver. You know, I, I have to imagine at that point, you can do damn near anything you want. He goes and makes New York, New York. Never heard of it. Have you heard of it before? Let's look on it right quick. It is Eliza Minnelli, Robert De Niro, saxophonist and young lounge singer meet, have a rocky romance as their careers begin an uphill climb. No, I haven't seen that. I've never heard of this before. Not good reviews on IMDb, but I'm not going to let that convince me. It will be interesting seeing Robert De Niro coming off of Taxi Driver now be a saxophonist in love with Liza Minnelli. So we will see. We will see. Uh, it should be fun. I'm, pr- I'm going to try well, it to get like, it. It looks like he didn't write it. Okay. So Did he write Taxi Driver? He oh, no. actually did not. He didn't. Yeah, I don't think he's written since. He wrote, he writes Mean Streets, yeah. Goodfellas, Casino. Okay. Age of Innocence. Okay, so he took a after Mean Streets, he decides to take a break from from writing for a good long while, and uh, oh, very cool. All right, well, we will watch uh, New York, New York. We'll touch on Taxi Driver. We will. I don't. I have no idea if I'll watch the Pro Bowl or not. I don't think I've ever. I don't think I've ever watched the Pro Bowl, but maybe this year it'll somehow come on. JP, we are entering the dark times of sports, man. I, I hate to say it, but unless you're somehow an NBA fan, I mean, we have Auburn basketball getting us by, but unless you're an NBA fan, after the Super Bowl, it's it begins the long, the long and winding road, my friend. The long mock draft season. Oh, you're right, man. You're absolutely right. Thank you. Thank you for that. You're right. Uh, I do think that we're going to bring on our uh, NHL correspondent, Alex Farrell, for a little bit of a teaser on how the NHL is going, because I think that I might actually try to get into it a bit after the Super Bowl, man. You know, uh, March, April, those are kind of primetime NHL uh, season, so I'm going to give it a little whiz and, and hopefully uh, bring Farrell on to to show his, you know, show his chops on on how it's going there. But um, we'll uh, we'll certainly continue the Scorsese train and, and keep it interesting. Any NFL news, and then uh, Super Bowl in two weeks. Of course, we don't have DFS this weekend, man, which is a damn shame. Damn so shame. I don't know if we're you want to skip Thursday or do you want to watch this film by Thursday and and come back on Thursday? What are you thinking? Um, I'm fine with that. All right. Well, shit. Then let's crunch a let's crunch a couple. So let's do let's do New York, New York by Thursday, and and hop back on Thursday to talk films. Let's do it. I'll see you then. See ya.